Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Silver and the gold brought to you by the big lots, the Taco Bell, and the shitty life. I am the loaf with me, the Dr. Zom. <laughs> oh, and also brought to you by the crippling stomach ache from the Taco Bell. <laughs> All right, this week we, we, we got for you a criminal cox double feature courtesy of Mr. Oily Maniac. We're doing 1977's Rape, 13th Hour, and The Cook, The Thief, The Wife, wait, His Wife, and Her Lover. Yes. Sam, how are you, sir? Um, preparing to re-enter real life starting tomorrow. Uh, but uh, doing pretty good. Um, just uh, I don't know. Nothing going. Just same old, same old. Uh, little trip to um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Hung out with uh, a large McHugh guy. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we palled around. We we were like buddies. Cool. And and then I went home. <laughs> and then I learned not to trust the GPS. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how, uh, when you leave your house, a GPS can tell you to go one way to a place. <laughs> and then when, you, when you're at the place and it tells you to come home, the shortest route is a different way. <laughs> and the first way, I got to, I can't even remember where the hell it was at. But I, I, it was like all interstate, mm-hmm. and I got to I don't know if it was like a Akron or something like that. I can't remember. But I thought, okay, I'm down to half a tank of gas. I, I kind of want to stop for just a few minutes anyway, maybe get something to eat. And my arrival time said 1:30. Okay, I stopped and got gas, and then when I started the car back up and started to drive, it said arrival time 4:45. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And, and I'm it, telling you what, it had was it like changed? Four, had the had the route changed? I don't know what happened. Hmm. But so anyway, and then on the way back, it, it so that was almost like six hours or something like that, <laughs> or at least it seemed like it. Coming back, it took me Route 50, like almost the whole way from Cincinnati, and it took me about four and a half hours 
Hmm. So I don't know what the fuck happened, but I know next time what direction to go in because um, I think when Justin and I went there one time, I even said to him coming back, I said, Justin, this doesn't seem like the way that we, when we went, I think that was Indianapolis. I said, this doesn't seem like the way we went or went to Indianapolis because I don't remember these rural like highway roads that was all interstate. But, you know, I think that one was about the same time. So I don't know what the fuck happened, but I don't know how your destination time can change <laughs> like three fucking hours. So anyway, but we had a good time. It was it was fun. Bought a lot of shite. Uh, bought a lot, uh, I, I figured since my vacation, I wasn't going to be spending uh, like 1200 bucks on a room. I might as well, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Get buy what I want, and I bought a bunch of shit. I bought a bunch of movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, and I bought a shitload of comics, graphic novels, and uh, like trade paperbacks. I mean, uh, the one place had them for, I mean, even like hardback uh, graphic novels and shit for four dollars and ninety-seven cents. Excellent. So I scarfed them up, and I've been reading. <laughs> Careful. That's a, ooh, I, that's onions. Yeah. I got a uh, I got a sweet new book from a lovely young man uh, entitled Cobb. I did start reading that this week. Yeah. Ah, thank you, sir. Um, He's a bastard. Yes, he is. Um, I'm curious where the book's going to go because I'm surprised to see that the first chapter of the book's pretty much the whole the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not like I said. the The book is not as much uh, like the movie was more or less uh, Al Stump's, you know, experiencing yeah, hanging yeah. out with Cobb, and the book is more like a you know just straight up biography. Okay, I yeah, I, I, it's I, got a lot of good baseball facts and stuff. Yeah, like I read the first chapter. And I'm like, wait, this is the whole movie. What's the rest of the book going to be? I, you know, I, I was like, okay, I guess it's the actual biography part. So, but, his uh, his uh, uh, political mantra on race. <laughs> very uh, very understanding and accepting fellow, I think. Um, but yeah, otherwise the week has pretty much sucked a fat one again, but not a good way. Probably with uh, beard stubble and teeth. <laughs> uh, what? It's, I said it sucked. It sucked dick, but not in a good way. It, uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, it had beard stubble and teeth. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. Someday I'm going to get a weekend off. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> someday. Yeah. Someday I'll actually have a weekend uh, off. You know, I actually did get the weekend off for the NWA Fan Fest thing. Yeah. So you know what uh, Creed Clearwater Revival said? Someday never comes. I see the red moon. Oh wait. Someday never comes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I know at least in August I'm going to have a weekend off. <laughs> yeah, you can go see some wrestlers. i got to check on that when I go back to work. I'm really excited about seeing the Rock and Roll Express, man. <laughs> oh, my God, I've seen them recently. Oh, I don't care if they look like shit. I've got to get I've got to get their autographs because, seriously, I was telling Jane today, that was my first, like, you know, when people say Hulk Hogan or, yeah, my first, re- my first wrestling idols were the fucking Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Last man. I saw, Robert had a really big, really big distended belly, uh, and Ricky looks like a seventy-year-old man with uh, the uh, white bleached blonde 
Oh, mullet the mullet slash is bad. Spike yeah, it's, thing yeah, it's bad. It looks awful. He looks awful. But anyway, whatever. I don't want to. You know, we'll have fun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then that was about it. Yeah. And I ate Taco Bell like in about three seconds today. And um, what I kind bought, of, what what did you get at Taco? I got Bell? I got the Crunch Wrap. I've been I've been treating myself to the crunch wrap lately. I, I usually don't because it's almost three dollars and that's a lot for Taco Bell. But I've been treating myself to the crunch wrap lately. And I also got a loaded potato griller, no bacon. Um that thing is awesome. You know your life is it when, when, you know your life has become either mundane or simplistic when I've I've done that where I treat myself. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I buy myself a gift to make myself feel good. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. An ice cream cone. And then I got a, uh, and then I got a, a, a um, one of the potato tacos, which is also very good. So, and then I bought uh, Paradise Alley and um, uh, what the fuck else did I buy? I already forgot. Hours. Oh yeah, After Hours on DVD That's at Big good. Lots. The, this Big Lots is the second Big Lots I've been to, and nobody has these Dra- Dragon Dynasty DVDs that all these other assholes are getting. So uh, I need to maybe try a third one. There's a third one near my work. I might try that maybe. By other assholes, do you mean like the people that listen to our show? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Right. Dave Mack, looking at you, buddy. He he's, he wrapped up, he wrapped up on or racked up on those fucking dra- Dragon Dynasty discs. All the I Dragon went Dynasty to Big Lots. What? They didn't have shit. I went to Big Lots. They did not have shit. They had like a like this flat back kind of stand. Yeah, that probably had thirty DVDs in it. And like I said, Predator Two was like the the top only of the, thing that was even the pick good. of the lot. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, all the Dragon Dynasty DVDs at the one locally to me is they were all like new movies, like two thousand seven and later. I didn't want to buy those. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what have you been watching this week? Fuck duck. Oh, you haven't been watching. You probably haven't watched much. You were gone. Uh, watch some stuff. Oh, you watched some stuff with uh, old McLarge Huge. Yeah, old McLarge Huge. Old McLarge Huge had a farm. E I E I. Okay, I watched some interesting stuff because I was motivated by the Projection Booth podcast. Um, and their Scientology episodes. So the first thing that I watched, or actually not the first thing, I just watched it, but uh, it was because of them. It's called The Prophet 2001, directed mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Peter N. Alexander. This is a an indie movie. It supposedly is banned uh, <laughs> because it even says on IMDb under The Prophet 2001 in little parentheses banned 128 minutes and the reason i think that it i don't know if it's actually banned it might be uh, but uh it's a fictional version of l ron hubbard's life and kind of showing that like you know uh his quest uh to start a religion to make like a shitload of money and that he was kind of a con uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. I, I liked it. I hope I don't get in trouble for watching it. It's banned. But it is so banned that it's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. And there's a lot of clips on there about, like, five-minute clips about the movie uh, saying that it's banned, what, they, what people think of it, and all that shit. Next thing I watched oh, is another movie that was uh, inspired by Projection Booth podcast and it's 2008's Craig Baldwin directed Mock Up on Moo 
And uh, that's MU, <laughs> mock-up on Moo. Um, this is, okay, Craig Baldwin, um, the guy that directed this. Now, this is also about uh, Scientology, but, and, and it doesn't, it, it pretty much doesn't hide any names or anything. They say, L. Ron Hubbard, they say everybody's name, Alistair Crowley, uh, just about everybody, you know, not just about everybody's, th- their names. But the, it has actors in it portraying these different people that are, you know, uh, these interesting people that revolved around like uh, Alistair Crowley and mm-hmm. then uh, L. Ron Hubbard. But uh, it's uh, the the people that are playing them are nobody that you would really know, I don't think. And it's like a, a, an indie kind of a thing. But Baldwin's vision and how he makes like documentaries or whatever is um, he said he's really into like the, uh, the collage style. So if they're talking about Xenu, they might show like a, a, a quick clip of like some monster from clash of titans or something like that and and uh they'll have like two guys from a maybe an insurance seminar thing or something from the 50s and they're they're like they're standing there talking but the mouths don't match up to what the audio is because the audio is is like one of them's supposed to be l ron hubbard the other one's supposed to be somebody else but just visually you can kind of see okay this would be those two guys standing there talking but i mean it's it's a it's kind of a cool style and the shit just is interesting to me because they are such a bunch of fucking just odd uh strange people right uh the one guy jack parsons was the guy one of the guys that or one of the main guys if not the main guy to discover solid rocket fuel uh which allowed us to go to the moon and all this net but like Jake said, most we were talking about Prometheus, and he said, you know, most scientists don't aren't like really religious and believe in spirituality and stuff like that. Well, this guy discovered solid rocket fuel. He was a fucking genius, but he was into the occult and like <laughs> Alistair Crowley and Satanism and everything. And they had a, they had rituals and all kinds of shit. Oh, wow. L. Ron latched onto that and then kind of used it for his own purposes. Uh, there's some pretty good. Um, there's one uh, short documentary I watched on YouTube called Jack Parsons, uh, Scientist of the Apocalypse. And one thing I was telling Jake about that is even though it's fant- – the, the documentary is like really uh, plays on the occult thing. Uh, there are some people that would probably watch it that are like conspiracy theorists and be like, oh, my God, the beast and the Antichrist and all this and that and everything. But if you even if you watch it, not believing in any of that shit, that little short documentary, Jack Parsons, uh, scientist of the apocalypse, is entertaining as hell <laughs> because they play this really creepy music. I said it was almost it almost reminded me of In Search of with Leonard uh, Nimoy. So anyway, let's see the next thing I watched. I am prepared today. Yay! I watched another movie, and this was called. What's this called? Oh, this was Outlaw Brothers or Zhu Jai Ze Pei Dang. And this was directed by Frankie Chan. 
stars and starring Ken Boyle, Anthony Car- Carpio, Frankie Chan was also uh, one of the stars. There was a chick in it that Jakey McLarge uh, was talking about, uh, Sheila Chan, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um, it was pretty good. This one was uh, we. Okay, the the story behind this movie was we were going to go see Mud, and we went to eat at uh, I think Outback. Yes, Outback Steakhouse. And uh, for some reason, <laughs> we were chatting, and the place where the movie was playing was like right beside of there. And so we were talking the whole time we were eating, and then I noticed the dessert thing. And Jake mentioned these little uh, cake pops. They look like little cake hockey pucks oh, yeah. with a stick in them. And uh, so I can't eat those, but I, they had these little milkshakes in a little tiny little milk bottle. So I wanted to get one of those, a vanilla one, and I forced him to get the cake pops. Uh, against his will. <laughs> and, uh, so then after we got done eating this, we went over to the movie theater and it was in the middle of the week. I think it was like on a Tuesday. Wasn't raining, nothing. The parking lot was so full that we couldn't even find a parking space. So we went back to his house. So let's just, you know, we'll go watch movies. And I go to the king of the Asian cinema and we start looking for something to watch, and he's like pulling out all this American stuff. I'm like, let's watch some Asian shit. I'm, you know, <laughs> so we watched that this one, which it was. This one was really uh, just a lot of action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chicks kicking ass and stuff like that. Car chases, and it was just fun. It was good. Cool. Now the other one that I wa- that we watched, we didn't finish this one, but it is on Netflix, so I want to finish it. Uh, Jake seemed to think that it had too much story for us to watch while we were sitting there talking. Uh, it's called La La uh, Pippo, uh, which uh, I guess it's uh, in the American title, it's La La Space Pippo, A Lot of People from 2009. And uh, I guess the original title, it's all one word, La La Pippo. And it mm-hmm. was directed by Masayuki Miyano. Uh, and it stars Yuri Nakamura, Sari Hara, Sayuki Matsumoto. And uh, this movie is fucking hilarious. Uh, it sort of revolves around the Asian porn industry. And it has a schlub guy who uh, has low self-esteem as uh, one of the main characters. And... Uh, when he's laying in bed, his penis will start talking to him, mm-hmm. and his penis is like it looks like a uh, the Cookie mo- or not Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch. It's kind of like just a, a green Muppet, and up between his legs, and it also has some pretty fucking funny uh, sex scenes and shit like that. It's really uh, glittery and just it just I don't know. I'm gonna watch it when I get off here, so let's hurry this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next thing I watched was Racing with the Moon. I watched this last night from 1984, which is when I graduated from high school. It was directed by Richard Benjamin. I probably that was probably the actor Richard Benjamin. Uh, oh, a fire in the hole! Um, this starts Sean Penn, a very young Sean Penn, and a very young Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth McGovern. Um, ooh, cabbage. Um, 
it was pretty good. It was just them. Gro- they're them. Uh, they're young. They're growing up. Uh, working a bowling alley. Crispin Glover's in it. He's a, plays this asshole. The, the, it it was tick pl- takes place uh, during World War II, and they're getting ready to go to fight. Uh, and they work in a bowling alley. And at these bowling alleys, everything the the pin resetters have to be done by hand. So Cage and Sean Penn uh, have to stand behind the thing, and then once somebody you know, rolls the pins, they have to reset the things, take all the pins, put them back in. Well, Crispin Glover was a jerk, a rich jerk. And before they could get the pins set, he would roll the ball down and they'd have to jump, jump up and jump out of the way. But he got his and, and how, but I saw, I haven't seen that in a long time. And how, uh, next thing I watched, I saw, I woke up one morning in, uh, the hotel room and we had HBO one and two. And uh, I caught this movie, and I didn't know what it was at first. I started watching it. It was really good. It's uh, based uh, – the the concept of it is uh, a large family, but it's from the kid's point of view. And it ended up being Spike Lee's Crooklyn from 1994, starring Alfre Woodard and Delroy Lindo. And I like Delroy Lindo. But this was really good, and, and a lot of the stuff in it reminded me – of growing up when you're a kid, right? Like bullies and fighting with your brothers and sisters, you know, you know your your family and shit like that, and your your mom going nuts and you know all that shit. It's that was a really good movie. Spike Lee usually, I'm telling you, there's I don't know, I can't think of off the top of my head anything that he's done that I didn't think was good. Uh, next thing we watched uh, was Wednesday. Uh, we actually did go see Mud. Uh, we went to. Um, Kentucky mm-hmm. and went to a Korean I I asked him, you know, about Korean cuisine because Cinderella Poo is Korean and I wanted to experience uh that shite. And so we went uh, into Covington, <laughs> which is right across the river, and uh, to this little place and it was nice. And when you walked in the the woman said uh they had booths along the one wall. It was a small place and then the other wall, they had the little big – or like the, the kind of the big square tables, but the legs were only like a couple of inches high. Right, right. And they had pillows, so you could sit on the pillows. And she said, do you want a, a booth or do you want to sit on the, on the pillows? And my first thing was, I don't know, man. <laughs> I have a hard enough time. You know, if I sit on those pillows, my back and my knees and shit are going to stiffen up. Plus, we're going to eat a lot, and we may have to lay down on the pillows. So <laughs> – it was good. They had a lot of gluten-free stuff, and they were really conscientious. She kept asking me, okay, do you think you can eat this? Do you think you can eat that and everything? But I got the pork uh, pork bellies, <laughs> mm. and they had stuff on there like beef beef intestines and uh, mm. brains and stuff like that. My favorite. But, uh, Jake got this beef thing, and it, she just brought out this big pile of beef, and it was just sizzling. <laughs> uh, but it was some good shit. Um, I liked it. And so we went to see Mud, which is uh, 2012. Uh, I think it's 2012. That's weird. I thought it just came out. Huh. Well, it's in the theater now, 2013. What yeah. What is it? Uh, Mud with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I think uh, it's just one of those ones that it, it probably hit the hit the uh, festivals right the or something. Here, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Jake had already seen this, and he said, you know, do you want to go see Mud? And I was like, yeah, if you if, – if you want to go see something else, you've already seen it. He goes, no, I want to see it again. So we went to see it. It's a really good movie. It has, a, it has some people in it that I didn't expect. Uh, and um, 
I really enjoyed it. It's a little over two hours, mm-hmm. but it's a really good story. And uh, eh, if you get a chance to go see it, it's worth it. Cool. Uh, let's see. Matthew McConaughey. He's uh, picking some good, more good stuff. I uh, caught Wrath of the Titans again after Crooklyn. That's uh, uh, the uh, Jonathan uh, Liebsman starring Sam Worthington, Liam Neeson, Ralph. Uh, Ralph, Ray Fiennes, uh, and uh, I like this one. I like all the monsters and stuff in it. I like, uh, you know, um, I'll tell you what, the Liam Neeson, Ray Fiennes uh, characters. I mean, I know they have to be in there and everything, but just the same Worthington character and uh, that, and he's like a demi demigod, and um, all the humans fighting those the, the fucking monsters, especially the two headed flamethrower monster and the big uh the big fire uh fucking monster at the end and its minions was pretty cool but anyway i mean it's it is what it is but it was fun cool it's fun movie me uh and uh let's see i thought i had something else written down here i also uh <laughs> found a dusty roads uh dvd uh last night so i got to watch a about four or five matches of Dusty Rhodes in the WWF when he had the Pokey Dots. Oh. And he wrestled, uh, one of them was Honky Tonk Man. Then there was a four man tag, which was Dusty Rhodes, I think Tito Santana, Terry Taylor, and Brutus Beefcake <laughs> against Bad News Brown, the big boss man. Fuck, who was the other ones? <laughs> I can't Akeem? even remember. Oh, Rick Martell. Rick, Rick Martell. Martell. And uh, can't remember who the other guy was. But, I mean, it was fun watching him because he was just so fat. I swear to God, seriously, Honky Tonk Man was never never looked like, you know, like a big bodybuilder or anything. But compared to that fat fuck, he looked <laughs> fucking like, I mean, like he was in really good shape. And I, and I watched a Kendo Nagasaki DVD this morning, and that is the... I was going to say the American Kendo Nagasaki because the British Kendo Nagasaki is really famous in Great Britain. But this is he's this guy's an Asian guy, but yeah. he wrestled as Kendo Nagasaki over here, uh, teaming up with Ron Bass, wrestling like Lex Luger when he first started and didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. And and he wrestled a bunch down in the or obviously because it was on the DVD uh, against like the Invader and Carlos Colon and shit like that down in uh, Puerto Rico, man. That's all I got. <laughs> I didn't watch shit this week. I've been ever since <laughs> re, ever since we recorded last week. I've pretty much been going. So um, I only watched well, I guess three things. One of them wasn't really a thing. Uh, I watched. I feel like I watched more than this. Let me go back here and just make sure. Um, I watched Warm Bodies. Uh, this is a 2012. No, 2013. Uh, kind of a zombie rom-com, sort of. Um, this stars Nicholas Holt and some other people. It has Rob Corddry in it. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I like that. Um, John Malkovich is in it. Um, it's a. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet story where Romeo is a zombie. Um, it's not technically Romeo and Juliet, but... There's been a there's been a big epidemic that has wiped out most of the human population, and, and whoever's left, at least who the only people they know of, or have built these giant walls around this city. Um, 
but the way the story runs, it has a, it has narration by this guy. And if you don't know Nick, who Nicholas Holt is, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was the little kid in, uh, what was that movie with Hugh Grant about a boy? He was the little kid in that, but he's all grown up now. Um, I saw him in, uh, my wife used to watch this British show called skins that he was in. Um, but he, uh, you, he, you don't, he doesn't talk cause he's a zombie real, really. He starts to talk eventually, but you just hear his thoughts. He's like, I don't really remember my name. I don't remember how I died. And, uh, and then zombies in this story can remember they can, they, when they eat the brains of people, they can see their memories. So like, that's what he likes the best. He likes to kill guy, people and eat their brain because then he like kind of lives their memories for a little while. <laughs> and, um, but he falls in love with this girl that he sees that it, and it's funny. I forgot the song that was playing. It was really funny. It's like an old heart song or something like that. And it's, it's like, she's firing a machine gun in slow motion and he's just like, Oh, like staring at her. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun little movie. It's, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be because when we turned it on, um, it was a, uh, they, there was trailers for fucking like twilight and stuff. I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> like the target audience for this is obviously <laughs> not me, but, um, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little movie. I mean, you know, you could, it's a, it's a interesting twist on, on zombie movies to say the least. So when there's some, there's some, I mean, some of the special effects look dodgy, like, um, I don't know, like uh, like CGI. Some of the some of the zombies that don't have any skin or CGI, they look kind of shitty when they move around. But you know, it's it a fun little movie. Um, man, it is. I only watched one other thing because I started Superman two today. Uh, what they call the Richard Donner cut, which it was. I was reading a little bit about it. The Richard Donner cut came out in er, two thousand six or so. Um, and this is the he left. So they were filming Superman one and two at the same time. And, um, he basically got let go or, you know, somebody else took over the, 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 the direction of Superman two. So it ended up being a different movie. So what this has done, some other director had gone in and, uh, taken his, like what, what basically what he intended the movie to Superman two to be and released it in 2006. Um, I didn't get quite through it, but you know, it's got a lot of extra stuff in it, some extra Marlon Brando's fat head in it and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, then, uh, I, I watched, uh, the other, th- only other thing I watched was a, um, I think, I think Chris recommended this on, on gentleman's guide. He had watched it. Uh, this movie I bought on DVD on Amazon for like a quarter, 50 cents or something called phantom Raiders. Uh, with Miles O'Keefe and a bunch of other losers I've never heard of. It's a kind of a, I guess it's a, it's a Vietnam movie, but it takes place in the eighties. Um, they're in Cambodia or Vietnam or whatever. And they're going after this, like, uh, this guy who's training Russian terrorists in the jungle. What? <laughs> the training they do is one of the funniest things. I was fucking rolling, man. Like, and Miles O'Keefe throwing explosive ninja stars is just really—it's <laughs> really funny. He'll just pause and he'll be like, and then Did like Miles the shit will explode. Long hair? No, no. Well, sort of. It was like uh, Lorenzo Lamas style from Snake Eater. Like, it wasn't super long, but it was like slick back kind of. And he always wore this like ski mask kind of thing. Um. Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, it's for for a shitty action movie. It was pretty. It was pretty entertaining. It was a good one to put on and drink coffee and watch. So, uh, but yeah, you can get it on. You can get this really crappy DVD version of it. It's it's obviously a VHS rip on a DVD, but it's like a seriously, it was less than a dollar. So 
uh, it's uh, it's worth your time if you like crappy action movies. And that's all I watched, man. I've been I've been not. It's been been a bad week. So, <laughs> um, so why don't we take a break and come back and we'll do the short movie first. How about Rape Thirteenth Hour or wow, Rapeu Twenty Five G Bolkan? Next. Come on. 1977. After break. Next. We'll be back. During this podcast, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record and you can listen, everybody can be entertained. Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction, your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. Thirteenth hour. A serial rapist takes on a young protege to his craft as he is pursued by a homosexual gang seeking vengeance for an attack on their leader. Directed by Yasuharu Hasebi, Hasebi, starring some people that I've never heard of: Akira Takahashi as Crimson and Yudai Ishiyama as Crimson's accomplice. Zom. Yes. Everybody's looking forward to your thoughts on rape. Thirteen. My thoughts on rape. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think rape is just a little bit of blood. <laughs> I'm not a fan of rape. I got um, a dog under my feet, and okay? I think he's got a dingleberry. <laughs> Let's see here. This movie. This movie. <laughs> um, Ripu Twenty Five G Buka. <laughs> 1977. <laughs> a, uh, you're fluent, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, now, I didn't know what to expect. The, the, what? <laughs> because, you know, the title is kind of misleading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there wasn't 13 hours of rape. Yeah, the only, the only thing that's it misleading is a, the fucking 13th hour. Like, what the hell is that? It was just a little over an hour. They should have had rape. Rape! 72 minutes. <laughs> I think that maybe the, the, it takes place over 13 hours. I don't, know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I, I think it's longer than that because it, it seems like a couple nights. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Anyway, um, my first note under the title, well, actually, before the, before the title, like up in the corner, um, 
Oh, that might give away how I feel. <laughs> the first thing I wrote was garbage, and then a space, <laughs> and then porn. And then up above that, I wrote, this is garbage. <laughs> okay. But then after I, I started thinking about okay, I thought, okay, I want to – this isn't in my wheelhouse. Everybody knows that, I'm sure. But so I'm going to at least – I'm not going to be a, a douche and watch – five minutes of it and say, I'm not watching this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to, you know, the things that I liked and, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, there, the, there's a guy um, and he's the, like the, I guess the crimson rapist. He, uh, he wears a bright red uh, windbreaker or a bright red like jacket. Oh, that thing, and, that jacket is fucking, that's, it's only a shoulder mesh short of a beat it jacket. That thing is fucking. It, yeah. <laughs> beat it. It looks like it's made of rubber or something. Anyway, yeah. but it's very bright. It's very bright. Um, he, there's a guy that works in this gas station. There's, there's two main characters in this and that's the, uh, Crimson who's the rapist. And I guess he's kind of a serial rapist and, um, then there's this little short guy that kind of has a Conway Twitty. He's like an Asian Conway Twitty, and he works in a gas station. <laughs> Conway Twitty. I said, I said, he, I called him Estrada hair, Eric Estrada hair yeah, the sort entire of, Yeah. He's just got the, you know, the kind of poofed up, uh, styled uh, uh, hair, and he works in a gas station. Well, um, these three guys come into the gas the gas station and they're like, uh, "Have you seen anybody?" Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." And so anyway, they leave. Uh, they look around, but then they leave. And then th- this guy comes in, and, and he's kind of, I don't know. He has a he has a very distinct look because he just is like kind of like a too cool for school kind of a guy, but kind of sort of creepy in a way, but just kind of dangerous looking. Very dangerous. And so anyway, he goes to the bathroom and, and washes his hands. And um, He's a dick. Like, he fucking, like, well, when he washes his hands, he fucking overflows the sink and fucking yeah. just, like, splashes shit everywhere. And, like, well, then- he's, just kind of, he's just kind of that way the whole way. Because at first, you know, I thought, you're thinking, okay, he's going to rob this place and everything. He, he was just, like, really abrasive and really, like, the kind of person, like a bully. Like he just pushed people around, or whatever. and so I think he was going to rob the rob the place. But then you know they had already taken in their deposits or whatever for the for the night, so they didn't have any money. So he just tells Conway Twitty, he's like, "Listen, Conway Twitty, <laughs> <laughs> is that your truck out there?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's my truck." And he says, "Well, you know, you're gonna. I want you to drive me somewhere." And Conway Twitty's like, "What the fuck are you driving?" And he goes, "You know, no, yeah, you are." So Conway Twitty's kind of like he's. <laughs> He's the perfect foil for a bully because he has he doesn't have a backbone. Because most people would be like, "Listen, you fucking red coated cocksucker! I'm gonna bash your goddamn head in." Beat it, jacket, and Conway Twitty. Yeah, but Conway's just like, "Well, fuck, you know, hell, I'm I'm bored. I'm working a gas station." So, <laughs> so they go and get in this little Dotson pickup, and they and they go they they take off, and they're driving around, and I think. The com- At first, I started thinking that this guy was going to be a homosexual rapist. I thought he was going to rape Conway. So, now, if you can find that and somebody singing it in like Mandarin. Well, here's a better one called "I'd Love to Lay You." So, <laughs> I'll lay you down. Sorry. Tat fitting jeans. I don't want to rape her. Anyway, so anyway, um, 
he kind of just goes along, and he, I, he's kind of nervous because he doesn't know what's happening. But uh, they they pull up outside this apartment building and just happen to see this girl, you know, through these kind of like sheer curtains. And so, and let me tell you something: the crimson uh, serial rapist guy wears some. It, it shows you what goes around comes around with fashion. He's wearing some fucking skinny fucking jeans. They're like tan, but I mean, I don't know if they're jeans, but they might be chinos. But they were tight. They were like skinny ones. And so, anyway, you think uh, you'd want to wear a little looser jeans if you're going to be like your thing is rape. Like you need to get them off a little quicker. Well, but you know the thing is this: he was young. He was pretty like young and kind of thin, and we're like fat. So the like <laughs> you don't have to do the wiggle dance as much. Yeah, tight jeans would bind us up. You know, I wear of, tight. I wear, I wear some tight jeans, but my legs are a lot skinnier. I'm, basically, I get like a. I get like this like. This like muffin top over the top of my you, skinny you, jeans. You, have to, you get jeans that have like a girl size thighs, <laughs> but then you have to get like a thirty eight inch waist. It is. It's fucking like a. I'm just, my jeans are shaped like a tornado. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like an ice cream cone. Like a, yeah. Anyway, so um, the 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 guy with the red jacket, crimson. He he is. You know, like I said, I mean, this is like a ritual to him. It's like a almost like a profession. Rape is like a profession to him, and and he, um, like he doesn't. And now inside, he might be getting excited about the thought of fucking someone, but on the outside, he's just as cool, cool as a cucumber. He just kind of climbs up on this one balcony to the next to the next. She lives like on the second or third floor, and then of course he goes in, and um, you know. There's this girl living there, and she's by, I guess, profession or by training or whatever, a ballerina. And so then you have this rape fucking scene. And, um, the, oh, and it goes the, on. Yeah, the thing that, that – that, the, only, the only interesting thing about the whole thing was that Conway Twitty fucking climbs up there too after so many minutes. And when she's trying to get away from Crimson – He's standing there. Well, hell, he joins in, and he's like, you know, oh, I'm a fucking rape too, um, which is, you know, it's like Jesus Christ. This, it reminded me of like the Hillside Stranglers, where the two cousins were like uh, kidnapping and raping, brutally torturing these women and shit. But the rape scene, I'll be honest with you, people, I fucking slid it across uh, on just about every rape scene in this because it was, it's just like porno. Uh, they don't show any penetration, but it just goes on and on and on, yeah. and it's not, it's. Like there were several scenes in it where, you know, the guys like beating the shit out of the woman. Like you know, Crimson's on top of this one girl, and he's punching her in the face until he knocks her out. I mean, there's some violence in this. This isn't like uh, there, it does. It does get in in one part. It was kind of uh, distasteful to me where. One of the victims, uh, Crimson, kind of wants to go back to her for some reason. Like he feels a bond with her, and he still, you know, she's still a victim, and she's still scared and everything. And then it's almost like, you know, they—I don't know if they were kind of leaning towards that he was saying, you know, you're gonna, you're my woman now or whatever. And but anyway, that's later on down the road, and I thought that was kind of fucking just. Bullshit. Well, the I don't know if you slid it past, but there's the scene with the two chicks at once, yeah, and they both like, and this 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 is what this is what bugs the, the kind of thing that bugs me. They're both like into it, yeah. Like he comes see, in and I, takes it, like beats I, them I, up and stuff. Such yeah. bullshit. It's it's it, the thing about that is is this okay? 
when I watch porn, I'm not into rape fantasy. I'm not into uh, like shit like that. I mean, if somebody's not wanting to do something, I just and especially like somebody actually getting raped and stuff like that. I think when when they make a movie like this, which I don't think this is this isn't like uh, irreversible, which I think was a was a you know a violent horrific depiction of rape, yeah. and that scene went on for fifteen minutes, but it stuck with me because I was like, oh my god, that was just so awful, and it should be awful because it is awful. This is like watching some douchebag director's idea of you know like he 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 has a rape fetish or a rape fantasy and so that's right. it's just distasteful and that's why it's kind of like okay i you know when they started just doing the fucking and stuff like that i was like i don't want to watch this shit i can watch porn anytime i want i'll i'll get to the story right. um so anyway uh one of my one of my um uh, uh, notes was rape 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 um so <laughs> the uh Conway Twitty, they split up, and um, he goes back to work and everything, but then he starts getting the itch. I guess he must like raping, too. Uh, it just That's all it took was some stranger to come on and say, hey, let's go rape. Okay, well, goddamn, man, this is pretty fun. I'm going to go rape. <laughs> so he goes out in the woods, and th- wherever the fuck this was, I don't know if it's supposed to be Lover's Lane or what, but goddamn, there was a lot of people fucking in this woods. Like <laughs> yeah. every, every probably 20 feet there was a guy in a suit either sucking a girl's tits or fu- actually fucking her or, or, you know, get, and so he would walk by and like, just kind of, you would just want to turn around and be like, Hey, why don't you take a fucking picture? You know? But, uh, the couple times he walks away, well, he, he obviously came with the intention of doing something cause he brought a big monkey wrench and, uh, he see, he finally finds a chick that's getting, that's, that's making out or having sex in the woods and, uh, that he likes and he, clubbers or no he just threw the guy down he grabbed him and threw him off of her and then he jumps on her starts fucking her okay um i found one thing in this movie if you take this literally that and and i guess you know i'm not advising anybody to do this but if you do go out raping um and you work up an appetite kentucky fried chicken is is a good uh way to (laughs) And I'm sure Kentucky Fried Chicken like that product placement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, the guys at the beginning that came into the gas station that were looking for crimson, um, they show up again. And this is a, when they're sl- scarfing down some a bucket of chicken. Uh, and crimson seems to kind of know who they are. And so he tells Conway Twitty, he says, he's just like, hey, Conway Twitty, stay here and eat this chicken. This doesn't involve you. Uh, you know, uh, I'll see you later. So he just – at first you thought, okay, he's kind of going along with them willingly, but two of the guys – there's three of them. And two of the guys kind of kind of uh, stand on either side of him and like kind of have him by the – not subduing him, but like leading him to the car. Mm-hmm. So they um, they take him – to some secluded place. Was that the? Uh, it was like a theater. Old theater, yeah. Yeah, they take him to a theater, and the one, this one gay guy. That that was just the two gay guys were there. Uh, oh well, I guess I'm letting it go that they're gay. <laughs> just I, well, it I, says I, it. It says it in the. Uh, it says yeah. it in the in the synopsis too. So, um, well, I was going to eventually, but I hadn't said anything yet. Uh. But um, so they take him to this theater, and this little guy's there, and he is dressed like he should be in the Asian 
A, he should be playing Al Pacino's character in the Asian version of Cruising. He's got like a, a little short leather uh, waist jacket and leather pants, and he's looking like he's you know ready to rock and roll. <laughs> and so anyway, um, I'm not. I I wasn't quite sure. I thought it was kind of weird, and I actually put the notes down here what I was what I was thinking uh, because the two guys kind of i guess the little guy must be the leader the little guy and the in the leather right and so he takes crimson who's still just playing it real cool like he's james dean or something and he and and they go in this little room which is almost about the size of a phone booth just big enough for two people to be in there and the little guy in the leather says fuck me and we won't tell the police okay i i wasn't sure what the fuck was going on here because okay i said um uh, I get. Were they trying to say that if you're gay, uh, you want you want to fuck so bad and you can't control yourself that you would even you know, like, fuck a rapist or whatever, or you're turned on by that? I don't know. And then, or it, I, I don't. I just don't know because it, to me, it was just at first I thought. When at the beginning, when they show up at the gas station, I thought they were like a vigilante thing, yeah, and that yeah. he had raped somebody, and they were going to kick his ass. But then, when the guys leave and they get in the car, the little guy's sitting in the back seat, and the two guys in the front seat are kind of more the thugs, and they're a little bit bigger and kind of a little bit older. And they just like the one guy reaches back and he's like, "Oh, it's going to be okay" or something like that, and he just starts kissing the guy. And I'm like, "Okay, well, obviously they're gay." Uh, but I don't understand what the fuck's going on here. So I didn't know if like Crimson – at first I thought, well, maybe he was gay too or he just was like uh, uh, you know, uh, into everything. But he wasn't because he said, you know, I'm a man. I'm not gay and he wasn't down with any of that shit. Yeah, I'm not like you guys. I'm a man. So at that point, the movie becomes – not only misogynistic but also homophobic. Yeah, I just didn't understand what the fuck they were doing, and 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 how they never explained like how these guys knew him, knew that he was a rapist, knew he was doing this shit, and why they like they obviously knew because they said we won't tell the police. He said I won't tell the police if you fuck me, and so Crimson acts like he's going along with it, and then he, you know, I guess. Beats shit out of him, knees him in the balls and everything, and he takes off. Um, so that was kind of weird. The ho- that whole thing there, it was like they just – if they would have at least told you what the fuck happened, so that why these guys were after him, how they knew who he was. And I, th- I, I think it was just that <clears> – so for me – and this this that that kind of mystery is – if anything, the saving grace for me for this movie, because on the one hand, like I was saying, a lot of the times it's, it's, I mean, it's a completely misogynistic homophobic movie, but it's got something going on that makes you, f- at least it laid, made me feel like the director was saying something beyond what we were just watching. Nobody is named. And this guy becomes like almost like a force instead of just a person. Like, like, Everybody, like, just his presence causes people to act mysteriously. Like, these gay guys, this one gay guy, like, he'll do anything 
to to fuck crimson like he just wants to be penetrated by crimson and crimson won't have any of it and the the women the same way like even though he's just brutalizing the women while it is while it is shitty maybe we're and that maybe and maybe not but maybe that the, we're we're being told something by the fact that this guy's like just power over everybody like he's just he is swooping in and he you know makes this gas station attendant turn into a rapist he makes these guys like just you know want to chase him down and brutalize him he makes these women literally fall in love with him want to give him money and everything and it doesn't really make sense why and that i think that maybe that's a, a, a you know somebody saying something at least that yeah I'm but missing. i would like to at least fucking have uh, some idea of what the fuck they are if they <laughs> if okay because i read something where they were saying that this was supposed to be uh you know that maybe they were saying something more than uh, you know about like uh, I don't know if it was the a- Asian culture or society or something like that. They said some people said that, but or, uh, I can't remember what it was now. But oh, it was uh, something about uh, you know I read this. I read something. It was the a critique of the Asian film cult, like film yes, culture in yes. general. But to me, it seemed like it was just a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> the guy just fucking making a movie that was, you know, they 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 said uh, about making these pinky movies, and uh, uh, he had been uh, in in the porn industry, and he even told him said, you know, you know what kind of movies I make, and they're like, yeah, 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 and and they told him at first, you know, yeah, go for it, you know, and so uh, he made this really extreme fucking movie. So, so the, I mean, it's, it's just a, a to me, it's just an exploitation movie. They can say that it has something to do with this and that, but I think that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, they, uh, what's his name? Uh, Crimson hooks back up with Conway, and they go on a couple more raping things, like you said, with the two girls, and and but the the whole time it seemed like uh, Conway Twitty, Asian Conway Twitty. Sort of, he feels bad about the ballerina thing, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because, you know, being a ballerina, she she was, I don't know if she was supposed to be somebody famous or not, but you know, just being graceful mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you know, uh, a thing of beauty, and and they did this to her or whatever, or he just can't get her out of his head. I, I don't know which thing they were saying there. You kind of thought at first maybe he was feeling bad about it, but then it's like, okay, maybe he just couldn't get out of his head because she was good looking and he was just a fucking perv and he wanted to go back and fuck her. So anyway, um, we know, you know, I I don't know if you knew this, the, the, the other movie, another movie that this director did was assault Jack the Ripper. Yeah. 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 Um, if that, if that, if that helps you put it into perspective. Yeah. Um, crimson, he sort of has the same thing with the ballerina, uh, which I don't know. Uh, to me, like if you went out with a girl and you know she was the the, you just were gaga head over heels and all this emotions and everything like that. But this fucking scumbag, I mean, he like he's like stalking her and he she she goes in this restaurant. And he just comes in, like I mean, like I said, he's just like too cool for school. Uh, just walks in, s- just sits right down. He doesn't give a shit if she knows who it is or whatever, and. Um, He's like blackmail. Well, he she thinks he's blackmailing because she offers him a bunch of money, and he's just like, I don't want your fucking money, 
and they're right in the middle of the restaurant, and he, he just uh, gets up and goes and sits down right beside of her and starts fingering her. Um, which, I mean, it was just kind of, that's the part where I started kind of getting like, okay, are they trying to say that she is like starting to fall for him or something? Cause you know, but then again, you know, well, she was, on, and you saw, cause you saw her reaction later on, when, right. you know, to the same thing. And it was completely different. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a misogynistic fantasy or something. It is. Uh, but then again, I mean, I guess if, if, um, you have someone like him. Uh, he's a predator, and he's the kind of guy that looks for that type of weakness. Mm-hmm. Someone that he can just like. It, it almost like a, like I was saying about like the uh, Scientology shit and like stuff like that, where uh, weak-minded people that they that they they can almost smell or seek out weak-minded people that they can manipulate that that won't stand up for themselves that won't fight back. Right. It's like, you know, a typical bully kind of a thing. Um, another note that says this is garbage. Um, <laughs> they play this, uh, w- w- the only thing I could describe it as, it was classical music, but it was like this triumphant classical music they played uh, while he was uh, sitting beside her in the restaurant, basically sticking his hand up her, her uh, pussy. Uh, and well, molesting that, her that, right that happens a few. That, that happens a few times, and it's, a, yeah. it's actually a really... Uh, it's a really well done scene when the first rape you see in the movie uh, with the, the classical music playing on the record player and the, yeah. and it, it ends and the record doesn't, the record player doesn't pick up. It's just, yeah. And the movie ends with the same sound. They have some really, um, it's a sign of the times, but some of the colorful clothes that they're wearing stood out for me. Like guy wearing <laughs> bright green pants, uh, crimson wearing that bright red jacket. They were, they were wearing some flamboyant colors um, now, Crimson and the ballerina thing, you know, like like you said, I mean, they they kind of go back, and that that one that just kind of disgusted me. So I I didn't you know feel like sitting you know if I wanted to sit and jack off and watch a goddamn fucking porno. So I just kind of you know I, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of fucking bullshit. Um, but anyway. You have the thing with the three gay thugs. Uh, they eventually catch up to Crimson and Conway again. And Conway Twitty was off the hook. I mean, they just wanted Crimson. So they put him in the car, and and he basically tells... It was almost like he kind of had a, an affection for the little Conway Twitty dude. Because yeah. he was like, you know... That was the second time he told him. He said, no. He said, just... just and, and another thing, you know, that makes me torn on this movie is is Crimson's reaction to this gang every time because he knew that he knew that the, what they that they had something in mind for him that he right. was not going to enjoy and probably hate. Yet he would still just be like, okay, like he was just kind of, and that's how he was, like a very kind of like laid back character, regardless of what was happening. Well, he, and was, yeah, I, he, he I was he was so what? stylized like that. He was so like he wasn't. He wasn't like real. He was just a kind of a, 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 a figure. I was kind of wondering though if like in both those situations, if he if that wasn't like his defense mechanism, like like being a sociopath. Yeah, uh, maybe he's just a you know maybe yeah, maybe he's a fucking psycho. He he uh, he doesn't have the normal feelings and emotions and stuff like that, and 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 or 
uh, like the first time he he went along with them, too cool for school, didn't you know try and fight him or anything, and then he just waited for his moment and he got away because he just he just waited and when he saw an opening he beat shit out of the little guy and took off and so maybe he was thinking the same thing there that was just a way for for him to get these people to put let their guard down but of course this time in the grand finale uh they um his ruse doesn't work. <laughs> okay, now oh my god, you know you don't want to give too much away or anything like that, but it it it's um it's a situation where you know obviously what they were going to do is is you know it's not spoiling anything uh, because of the first time uh, and um, but it's the tables are turned. And it's it gives you a weird feeling because this guy is a rapist and a piece of shit. So that when uh, you know he's you know turnabout is fair play, but it's still disgusting as shit. And you know it's like when somebody says you know uh, like the guy in was it Cleveland or wherever that had the girls locked up for ten years and now he's going to go to prison and people are like yeah put him in prison with a you know, big guy in the cell, a, a rapist or something like that. And I'm like, man, that's still, that's fucking, I mean, it's, ugh. but you know, it goes to pretty, pretty uh, extremes uh, yeah. on him getting his due. And then, um, the, I guess, you know, they, they, uh, like I said, the little Conway Twitty guy, he was off the hook. He could have left. And he went with his buddy, and uh, you know it's kind of hard to say that, you know, because when I think of somebody as a friend, you know, I, uh, I mean, if some, one of my friends raped somebody, I would fucking first probably beat the living shit out of him and call the cops. Uh, but he was had this like loyalty, affection, brotherhood—I don't know what the fuck it was. So he puts himself in that position, but he actually, you know. Uh, scurries away and he's got his monkey wrench he's like uh you know ty cobb or something <laughs> and so he he gets away but then the, the the way that they ended it it was just even more where i was just like this is fucking uh this is pathetically uh ignorant misogynistic fucking bullshit and and you know I got to, it, when when he goes and does his thing mm-hmm. uh, there at the end I was like this is just this is I mean honest to God okay now I will say this uh, I thought the movie was shot well yeah okay I mean you know uh, the cinematography and everything I thought that. Um, I thought the acting was good. I thought the guy that played Crimson. I mean, the way he played him, every, I mean, all of them, everybody yeah. in the movie, the, the the acting was good. It's just you you have. I think you just have to have either you are a an Asian film completist, <laughs> and you 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 know, and I could see if you're a cinephile and not just Asian films, but you're just a cinephile and you want to experience this type of genre, mm-hmm. or you're a fucking weirdo, and I'll say it because I mean, if you like to watch someone get raped and you think that 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 uh, I don't know, I don't know if I should say that because a, a, a fantasy as opposed to reality is two different things. Like if you had a fantasy that you saw some hot chick and you, you, you know, broke into her apartment and you 
you started she's fighting you and you start going you know you start going at it and then she eventually submits it's a fantasy thing so i guess if that's your thing that's one thing but i mean this is uh this is not reality this is not i don't i don't think that anybody would take it as reality but i but the in saying that i think someone that had a bent and twisted mind or that was fuck i mean you know i'm sure if someone had had a tendency to sexual assault or rape that this movie would be something that they would probably be like jesus christ yeah this you know you know they want it you know this and and so i'm sorry but i mean you know this isn't something that i would ever watch i won't watch it again i have no interest in this shit uh (laughs) but like i said because we're because we do the show you know and, and and we are in the cinema uh i look at it from that perspective and from again kind of a comedy perspective but it's it's just uh it, I, I'll tell you what. When we first started watch, when I first started watching it, and I saw it was only a little, a little over, maybe like an hour and ten minutes long, I was like, "Good." Uh, uh, it it didn't take very long at all. Um, the the beginning scene where the guys come to the gas station and stuff like that, and they introduce you to Crimson, that was intriguing. Yeah, and I think that this movie could have been a lot better for me. If they would have played out more telling uh, more of the backstory and they could have made this movie where, um, it, like I said, it was almost like pornographic with the with – the, uh, and I watch porn, but I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, the, the, the sex scenes were just so long. So it, it reminded me of – I've never seen the original, I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my friends rented the new one, and the fucking rape scene in that was so long and so extended and so ex- – it was such ex- exploitation that I fucking was like, I'm not watching this shit. And I just, I never, I never finished the fucking movie. It was so brutal and so graphic. I was like, this is fucking, you know, this is not entertainment for me and I just don't like it. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, notes are going in the trash. (laughs) That was in the books. What'd you think? The, uh, I'm very torn on this. Um, and this is going to come up again in our, our feed sack. We got a, we got a little feed sack on this one. Um, I'm with you on like it. I I I think maybe I'm torn on it because I'm I'm confused on if well one I'm confused on if Crimson is to is is a character we are supposed to take uh, literally or if he's just right a if he's a representation th- yeah if he's something. a thing if he is supposed to be yeah if he's just an idea or if he is a or and or if we're supposed to look up to him. Like if he's a hero or are we happy with what happens to him at the end? And like, I don't think the movie really makes that choice for us um, because it's not celebrated. Nothing that he does is really celebrated outside of women kind of liking it. And there's a scene, there's a scene. Okay. This movie almost lost me too. When, when the, with the two chicks that are all into it, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, this is not it. It's still, it's not sexy at all. And it's trying to be, yeah. Um, those chicks, by the way, had a really fucking weird like sink on top of their toilet tank. I've never seen that before. 
and they were both they were both hot. They had big tits and everything. Yeah, and big I, tits. The, the scene was supposed to be sexy, I think, but it wasn't like because that's fucked up. And and the but after this is when the movie, in my head at least, almost took a turn where you know he becomes like this after those women are into it. He becomes like even more of just an idea. Like and there's a scene with just uh, Conway uh, doing his own rape thing. And the woman's fucking freaking out and Crimson just walks into the room and she totally is into it all of a sudden. And like Because her, he was a little short, fat guy with Conway Twitty hair. But she and Crimson but he, was cool. He was still but all it took was Crimson just being in the room. Crimson wasn't even. It would doing be like anything Richard Gear or something, you know. It it would be like if um if um the one guy was portrayed by Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> And the other guy was played by uh, uh, fucking, I don't know. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Exactly. Um, now, and, you know, eh, but um, I, guess, I guess even if you're getting raped, uh, you still would rather. <laughs> you, <you're, laughs> bitches are still assholes, even when they're getting raped. They'll let a good-looking guy rape them. Yeah. But if it's an ugly, uh, it's such fucking shit. And I don't know. And again, if I, 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 I thought the last scene was, I appreciated it. I was like, you know, it's a kind of a put your hand over your mouth moment. You're like, holy shit. But at the same time, is it a, just a, is it a cop out? Is it like, okay, I've gotten away with a lot of shit for this guy and I'm just going to like have him have a little feedback or a little payback here so that you guys, so I, I so I'm not just looking like I'm uh, glorifying this guy's lifestyle. So I don't know. I'm confused on I'm, I'm confused on a lot in this movie, and I think my my score is probably going to reflect that too. Um, but like you said, I think uh, I, I think it's well acted too for the kind of movie it is. Um, I'm not a I wasn't a huge fan of of Conway, but Cripson was was good, and he's kind of the focus of the movie, even though... Well, it's, he's got charisma. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though he's a fucking sociopathic rapist. Yeah, even... even which is, even, that's gross in itself, you know. <laughs> even though uh, it's Conway's it's, it's Conway story, it's still <laughs> Crimson's kind of the focal point. And, and, I mean, just like it happens in the movie, you know, you're kind of focused on him and his bright red jacket. And, this, and the other thing that was confusing, which I almost forgot to bring up, is his tattoo and the, yeah, color, yeah. the color red. But whenever, I mean, it's like his, his tank completely empties out is kind of what it was saying, I think. He's got this tattoo. It's like an outline of some sort of flower on his arm. It's like two, two roses. Yeah, and whenever he rapes someone, the, the tattoo slowly fills in with red ink. Yeah. Um, again, very style, a very wonder, just well, met- I metaphorical. I think. Not, <laughs> I don't think that was literally happening. Or I mean, obviously it was, but you know. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's just with uh, with more knowledge on my port- part, maybe I would actually uh, appreciate this movie more than just face value. Um, I just can't see myself ever. You know, it, put it this way: if I wasn't on this show. Uh, th- like this one and uh, the Jack the Ripper one, and so I mean, I would never fucking watch this shit, and I would never. I mean, if 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 I didn't know what it was, yeah. But still, I just that's even for me, even like uh, like we even talked when we did the Jack the Ripper one, like uh, a lot of uh, uh, Gialli stuff where. You know, they show like a, it's almost like a rape where the guy's pushing the knife into the flesh and they show it like 
yeah, you, yeah. you know, up close and everything. That shit is just like something that it, I have no interest in. It does not. Uh, it, it the only uh, emotion that uh, it gets from me is I'm just like disgusted and I'm like, uh, why? I, I why am I watching this? I would rather fucking be doing. Uh, Anything else than watching this crap. Right, right. And the, I would rather watch like a, a, a slasher gory horror movie with vomit in it or something. I don't know. It's it just ha- it has not my a, thing. It has a very unique, like Japanese cinema of like this sort of Japanese cinema has a very unique like vision, a very unique look about it. And this is where I am always conflicted because you know, you can get the Japanese action movies at the time and those look a certain way, but it, it, it almost takes these like, they're almost like art house films and the, the very yeah. vivid colors and everything. And I really think they are well crafted, well directed, well shot movies. And then I'm torn because like, I'm just like fucking a, like the I subject matter is just yeah. so fucking. Yeah. So um, we can get into our rating here. Oh, it's a tough one to rate. Um, because, like I said, I uh, I will say, you know, I thought it was shot well, and you know, and everything. But uh, mm. <sighs> I'm telling you seriously, <laughs> it, uh, two, a two, <laughs> um, and that's it. Would have been a it would have been a one. But like I said, I just I, I I'm I'm just looking for um, technical stuff that and stuff like that to say okay yeah it wasn't this was good or that was good you know I and that's like I said that's just a that's just a uh, for me that's just a um, like I said I mean of course it's just my opinion but you know it's just everything that I bring to the table it's just like it's just not my thing I yeah. would. I, if we would have reviewed uh, You've Got Mail and fucking uh, <laughs> something like that, I would have enjoyed it 5,000. I would give this a two and I would give that a fucking uh, an eight by comparison. And that movie was just, you know, fluff. But at least I, I'm, I'm enjoying it in some way other than, you know, like, okay, well, the directing was good. If this movie and like I, I think I've given I think I gave higher scores to the other pink films that we covered, um, I get this one a six, and I th- I think I'd give it a higher score if I didn't feel like we it was so like almost overly misogynistic like. Well, I I, I have to say this too, um, something that is more of like an S and M kind of a thing. You know, right, like right. I said, as long as the other person is, you know, into it in some way, then I don't, I, you know, that's at least, you know. What's the one with the dude that wears the big, like, brimmed hat and throws the ropes and. Yeah, uh, S&M Hunter. <laughs> that one's First the- of all, I thought that was funny. Yeah. And yeah. second, and, and uh, it, it wasn't, like I said, somebody just, ah, I, there's a, to me, there's a difference between. S and M or or you know bondage and discipline or you know right. whatever and and this and which that, is and just the, somebody raping like, someone. Well, even the assault Jack the Ripper that had the violence against women. That's more like a slasher as opposed to just rape, rape, rape. And right, 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, and uh, like I said, a six. I'm, I'm almost. I'm pretty much right in the middle of the road. The, the movie looks really great. There's some really great shots and stuff, and the and it was very interesting, but the subject matter kept taking me out of it. So, well, I think it could have been a lot higher. Um. So criminal cock number one. Uh, number two is on the way with the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. We'll take a, a break lover. and be right back with that. Hey, lover. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. If you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right Character arm. Character from an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. film of the day the cook the thief his wife and her lover lover Tom tell us a little bit about this movie alright I will if I can get my goddamn IMDb oh. I'm there I just overclicked. <laughs> the wife of an oafish restaurant owner becomes bored with her husband and considers an affair with a regular patron no. So, I, I for whatever reason, I didn't uh, one. I didn't notice the NC seventeen rating on this on the IMDb when I looked. You at shouldn't even have been allowed to watch this. Well, two with that with that trailer, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, I didn't understand why exactly these two movies were chosen next to each other. <laughs> um. But as this movie unfolds, there's a, I feel like there, at least the way it makes you feel a lot of the time is kind of similar. Um, it, it was you know this is this shows up on IMDb. Granted, there is the NC-17 that I missed, but it's you know it's a two-hour British drama with that um, synopsis. You're like, oh, okay, it's got Helen Mirren, and maybe what was this going to be? This movie was not anything I expected it to be, and it's <laughs> it uh, f- well from from very early on in this one. 
Um, you get that it's a very artistic and uh, just very stylized movie. It takes place. Well, you know, my first note is it seems to be set on a, like a soundstage, a set. Um, but the Almost whole thing, like Quirrell. Yeah, and that yeah, that very very similar. That has a it has a Quirrell Quirrell feel about it. They um, the entire thing takes place on a very narrow scale on this soundstage set thing, and he doesn't try to hide the fact that it is a set, um, even though part of it is outside. But the entire thing takes place mainly in the main dining area of a restaurant, but also in the kitchen, in the street right outside, or maybe behind the restaurant, and some a little bit in uh, in the bathroom, the restroom, or the loo, or the water closet, the WC, as they say in the movie, I think. Um, it also made me think of Streets of Fire because uh, <laughs> of the soundstage thing. Um, as the film opens, there's a pack of dogs just ravaging something. And uh, it kind of uh, this kind that kind of echoes the feel of the rest of the movie. Like this is a this is a film with a uh, a criminal, I guess you could say. Um, his name his name's Albert. Yeah, Albert Spica, played by Michael Gambone. I swear, um, I thought that he was like a politician, and he was the speaker of the house. Until I looked it up, because I actually wrote down S P E A K E R. He is. He's but it's S P I C A. He is. He's married to um, uh, a seemingly abused uh, Georgina Helen Mirren, um, and uh, owns this French restaurant in London. Um, you see what kind of character Albert is right off the bat, as him and his thugs are well first of all i didn't have any fucking idea what he was saying at first because he's yelling and i didn't understand his accent at all yeah and i was like fuck if he's gonna talk like this the whole movie i'm never gonna understand what's going on but he he uh he doesn't yell as much throughout the rest of the movie so you kind of get the hang of at least me i got the hang of what he was saying so um but they have this guy apparently that owes the gang debt and they are literally rubbing dog shit all over this guy Ugh. they've torn his clothes off and this guy has the tiniest little dick and <laughs> he's like this hairy guy I thought it looked big yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um, and uh, and it's just an uneasy feeling that you've created this, this guy and he kind of he's just like beaten and rubbed shit all over him and he's left there just laying in the street and um, then you get the, they go into the restaurant and you get this little kid singing I don't know if that was supposed to be nice singing or what, but goddamn, whenever this kid would sing, it was the most grating fucking noise to my ears. Um, yes. Oh my god. Oh god, I hated that. Is that like ange- an- angelic kind of? Uh, uh, is it like more like a, a hymn or opera? Yeah, it was like a. It was a, he was like a little like a eunuch choir boy or something. Oh, fuck that. a duck, man! That's like his awful noise. And um, so still not exactly sure where this movie was going at this point. Um, this is where you really start to see. Well, you could see the, 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 the stage set up, the sound set set up, set up as the, the camera would pan across. And it was almost like it, it almost was like a stage, like set up like a play. Because a lot of the time you get the camera effect. Uh, it's, it's like on a a trolley, I guess. Is that what they're called? The, when they roll it on the, on the yeah. tracks and, uh, or a dolly maybe. 
tracking and, uh, shot. Right. Lots of tracking shots across rooms, like through walls, essentially. Not like straight into a wall, but, you know, you're seeing you're seeing the, the classic, like, you know, in Married with Children, you always see from the back of the TV. You never see that, that fourth wall. This is the fourth wall, and this movie doesn't really break that very often. You do get a few shots go, th- go into the restaurant, but for the most part, it's a tracking shot back and forth across these different sets that all have their different colors, which may or may not represent something. I'm not sure, but you have the black and blue wet streets right outside. You have the green of the kitchen, which is right. And that's why I'm guessing this is like the back entrance of the restaurant when you see the streets outside because you have two delivery trucks that are parked there the entire time full of meat. You have the kitchen, which is right next to that with a big giant door that's opened up that people can walk into. And um, that the kitchen is always green. Then you have the dining room that is red. Everybody that, or almost everybody that ends up in this dining room um, or everything in there is, is, is a bright red. And then you have the loo, um, which is almost a very stark white. And what makes it very interesting is as, as the characters, all except for a couple of them, um, as the characters move back and forth between these rooms, their clothes change colors with, with the color of the room. So, you know, Helen Mirren with her, with her dress, for instance, and this is where you see it first, she's wearing a very, uh, you know, a low-cut, like, V-style, like, wrapped red dress. And she goes into the bathroom to... I don't remember what she was doing exactly. Just getting away. Pooping. She's probably taking a shit. No, she. I don't. I think this is maybe they. She had already made eyes with the lover, uh, or her lover yes, from the, from the lover. title of the movie. And um, uh, no, this uh, lover played by Richard Boringer. Boringer, is that who that was? Um, no, 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 no. That no. was the chef. That was the chef. No, what was her lover was Alan Howard. Alan Howard. Okay, lover. Alan Howard. There he is. All these people look so old now. Well, they're old. Yeah, they are. Um, this was uh, so. I guess she's 1989. That was a long time ago. Man, over 20 years. Um, so I guess she, they're. I guess they're going into the. I guess she's already kind of like giving them the sign, like, "Hey, you look kind of interesting. Let's go fuck in the bathroom. <laughs> Let's go fuck in the shitter." Um. So she comes. Uh, she goes in. And her dress changes completely white as she, I mean, this is not like a, a scene change. The camera continues and through, through the magic of film, um, her outfit has changed from the exact same red dress to, you know, from the same red dress to the same white, uh, the same dress in white. Um, the lover, yeah. his, uh, now who, what is his name in the movie? Michael. Michael? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, Michael, Michael's clothes, he's one of the two whose clothes always stay the same. Now, I wasn't sure what color he was at first. Um, I thought maybe he had a brown suit on, but I, in the bathroom he looked a little more red. But, you know, this is kind of a older movie. Maybe it was just bad. Maybe it was just colored oddly, or maybe my TV's off or whatever. So I'm still not sure exactly if he was red or brown, but somewhere in that family anyway. Dull. Yeah. Um, kind of a, he's a muted color. He's not the vibrant red of the thing. So, um, they're having their little interlude in the, in the stall, um, which is pretty hot. 
uh, Helen Mirren takes her takes her top off. She's got uh, she's she's wearing this like see through bra. Now, um, the the fashion designer uh, Jean Paul Gaultier did the fashion yeah. in this movie. He always was into like really weird stuff. I think he's the one that uh, did all the fashion for the Fifth Element. Okay, I, I don't know if crazy kind of weird shit. I don't yeah I don't know if he's still doing his thing. Um, he definitely. You you recognize his style if you've seen these movies, and I think maybe it, he has kind of a dated style at this point. I don't know how much he evolved and like moved into the two thousands, but it's definitely his stuff always felt kind of cutting edge eighties, but almost like almost like run of the mill uh, fancy stuff for the nineties. If that makes any sense at all, but um, you know, nonetheless. Very good costuming here, and what was interesting about Mirren's costuming is that it, you know, it's a. It had her big tits in it. (laughs) Her big tits were always right there underneath, ready to explode (laughs) out. The um, her outfits really got more like unusual and kind of visually interesting as the movie went on, um, as she got more daring with what she was doing in her life. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Maybe I'm just reading into things. But the, um, oh, my God, the fucking Albert's gang. So Tim Roth is one of the members of his gang, and he looks so 90s in this movie. I know know it takes place in 89, but, man, could he look any more fucking, like, lame 1990s dude, like, with his little (laughs) thin goatee and his, like, butt cut, like, long hair. Like, he just needed a fucking dangly earring to complete the shit picture. Um, <laughs> he and he was so great. Your wrath at some fashion <laughs> is is just amazing. Uh, 90s fashion just makes me angry. Certain things that just make you like you literally get mad. It makes my stomach churn. I fucking hate the 90s in fashion. Fucking nine oh two one oh bullshit. Uh. Um, <laughs> how did I take this note? Imagine you're sucking the fingers of a lady. Oh, with uh, so. The characters get a little more interesting as it goes along because, um, and th- this is at, at this point, um, I started to I started to read a little bit about the movie. Um, you're you're a good thirty minutes in, um, and um, you know I just wanted to see kind of where this where not not where it was headed, but kind of the idea of maybe of what this was doing, and what I read is that. This a lot of people. I don't know if the director ever said this himself, but that this movie was almost a, or this movie was supposed to be a a parable or a kind of a comparison of just of yeah Thatcher era politics. And uh, and if you look, I mean, really, it could be any any kind of conservatively led. um, Now, why does it have to be conservatively led? Brutish, dull, stupid, uh, ignorant, uh, macho posturing. Right. Yeah, right. that pretty much. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I mean, Reagan era. You know, any of that stuff. Even even into even into stuff with the you know kinds of actions that we've seen more recently. And of course, the left is the liberal, ineffective bookworm. Right. Right. Yeah. Earth tone <laughs> suit. So you have you have Albert who represents Thatcher's politics or the conservative politics and after i read this you really i really that's what i started looking for in the movie and it really fucking really like took off for me because i'm looking for these certain things in here and it really is 
and I I don't want to ever read uh, if it's not the case that this is supposed to be because I loved reading into into it this this kind of interpretation of it, and you can really see it through the movie uh, once you once you have that in mind. Um, well, Albert was supposed to be the Thatcher era, the, he, representing the Thatcher era politics, and and what he is is I mean yeah he's a he thinks that because he has money it makes him uh, privileged and I guess fancy for a simple word because he's bought this French restaurant that he knows nothing how to run. Mm. He, he comes in, he fucking like, he doesn't care what he, he just eats everything in front of him. He destroys this restaurant. None of the, none of the patrons of this restaurant even want to come there. As the movie goes on, this restaurant becomes increasingly more and more empty. And, and you, eventually it's only him and his dummy cronies there, his fucking gross <laughs> cronies that just vomit at the table. Just uh, fucking, uh, yeah. Tim, Cur- or Tim Roth, Tim Curry, Tim Roth just blah, blah, like gurgling and shit at the table. And so you have that. And like he just, he doesn't care. Like money is no object. He's just throwing it out. Like he doesn't care if this restaurant folds. He's going to like fucking just eat it up and destroy it until it's gone and until he moves on to something else to destroy so you have Helen Mirren, who's supposed to represent the British, uh, the British country, or maybe we should go in a different order. Yeah, you have you have Michael, who is the liberal opposition to the Thatcher politics. He's well read. He keeps all of these books on the French Revolution and all this stuff, and you know he's content to to make love and uh, read poetry and. No matter what he does, he's never going to stand up to this force that is Albert. And and uh, uh, Michael Gambone is Albert. He, he's something else in this movie, man. He's gross and like loud, <laughs> and he's really fucking good. And Alan Howard, I mean, that's got to be said, is good for what he is too. Just kind of like a just a, just a quiet, just kind of boring dude, you know. Then you have. The who I incorrectly named early, earlier, the Richard uh, Boringer, Boringer, um, he plays the cook, and the cook I guess is the kind of the 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 populace, the the working man, who is constantly just beaten down by Albert. He he you know he makes these beautiful things, he makes these beautiful dishes, and he works in this fancy establishment provided for him provided to him by Albert, but Albert could give a fuck and he just, you know, he shits all over the cook constantly and the cook wants, you know, he wants to stand up, but doesn't really have a way to do that because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't own this place. It's, you know, he doesn't it have seemed the, like there was, there, there was something there though, that, um, where the cook, he didn't necessarily talk back to Albert, but he was like the one person that, would if Albert told him something or said, you know, why can't I have this or why don't I have this, that he actually uh, could say something back to him or yeah. deny him things. Sure. So I don't know. I didn't understand. I guess because but maybe he could, he, he Al- could Albert say, liked him because he wanted to be cultured and that was his connection to this. Yeah. Or something I don't know. And then you have Mirren's character, who's supposed to represent the actual country of Britain, and she's just she's ruled over over by this just oaf, this brute, and uh, you know he abuses her uh, 
I don't know if he abuses her physically so much. Well, he does push oh, her yeah. around quite a bit. Now he well, punches she, her in the nah, stomach he beats once. Shit yeah, out of her. yeah, yeah. Because she said that later, and and she had those big bruises on her neck and on her oh, face. Oh right, yeah, she does show up with that. I tell, yeah, I forgot about that. And he punches her in the stomach. The one part where she said, <laughs> "What was that line?" That was actually a funny line that she says, because he gets jealous that she's seeing a a male gynecologist. And she says, his mother was a Roman Catholic. He's been in prison in South Africa. He's as black as the ace of spades, and he probably drinks his own pee. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they were talking about, uh, hey, you know, they drink their own pee. And, she, and, and he socks her right in the gut. He would just talk about, like, really gross stuff, like uh, people should, you know, breast women's breast milk should be a delicacy. And, yeah, yeah. You know, people drinking their own pee, and then the people smearing dog shit on the... He, you know, it's just a lot of gross stuff. He was just a, a fucking goof. Yeah, and uh, there was the there was the, uh, the the he had a funny line. The naughty bits and the dirty bits are so close together. It just goes to show you how closely related eating and sex really are. Be like the taint. <laughs> I think he's just talking about the vag and the asshole. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I you know I, I talked about the colors and blah blah blah. They. Um, so I wasn't. I was trying to read really into the color, what the colors might represent. I don't know if they're if they're anything more than just being primary colors, though. When it comes yeah. down to it, just kind of like the outdoor cold streets, um, and you get um, uh, the white restroom again. I don't know if that was supposed to represent anything than just like a clean restroom, um, but <laughs> I said to her. I said, Helen Mirren's restroom white dress gets removed to show off. I kind of see through bra covering some white alabaster jugs. <laughs> alabaster jugs. Alabaster jugs. Um, the, um, but yeah, I mean, Helen Mirren gives a pretty brave performance here. I mean, she's, she's getting beat up by this, this fucking disgusting dude. She's naked half the fucking movie. I mean, like, like. How old do you think she was in this movie? I mean. She had to be 40 something. Um, but, uh, it's, it's got fantastic lighting throughout, but yeah, she's, she's really good. I mean, like I said, she shows pretty much everything. I mean, she's, you know, she showed the the hair, the the furry triangle. She had the bush and, um, she, um, you know, there was a scene in this where him, her and, uh, Michael are having sex in the kitchen and, it's interspersed with shots of a guy chopping vegetables. And right when I said that, I posted it on the group. I feel like I'd re- read one of the people like in our group or our circle talk about this before. Um, it shows like it shows Michael and her uh, fucking, and like it'll, it'll, <laughs> it goes to like one of the chefs like chop 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 like chopping up like cabbage and a and a, a cucumber and stuff like that. I feel like I remember somebody talking about it, but I love the lighting in this movie. It's very stylistic lighting, lots of shadowy kind of stuff going on. And the like, and very unnatural light, um, kind of like again highlighting the fact that this is not, this doesn't take place in like a in a in a traditional setting. It's 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 on a, it's on a stage, and like you you have like the two trucks that are constantly parked outside. More evidence of Albert's mismanagement of this mo- of this. Um, this restaurant and uh you know the every time they open it they people will go out there and like what stinks out here and it's just this meat that just sits out there not being used and the you know where they open the back of these trucks you have the the pork and all the stuff in the in the in the one truck and it's like a red light inside a harsh red light you have a blue for the all the seafood in the other one and it just goes all rotten rotting in there 
but back to Helen Mirren's performance, like for her to to do this, and you know, the first time I ever saw her may have even been like the movie Calendar Girls. You know, like she's already older at that point and stuff. I think was that the name of that movie? Um, Calendar Girls. Never heard of it. With the with the older British ladies that make like the 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 racy calendar to raise money for something. Yeah, I didn't see that. I saw her in Excalibur. Yes, I didn't see anything. I saw her when she was always older. Um, but to do this, I mean, like you know, there, there's a she's getting abused. She's get thrown in and like like butt naked with a bunch of rotten meat. Blech. And yeah, <laughs> it's gross. But um, it 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 all builds to the the climax of Britain and its people standing up to Margaret Thatcher and fucking the end of this. Whereas the end of the of Rape Thirteenth Hour almost felt like just like the director almost needed to do it because he felt bad for what he just made us sit through this. I was fucking whole. I was like, yeah, like I loved the end of this movie. It was fucking gross, but pretty awesome. Um, and her outfit was really cool. And, uh, I love the end of this movie. So uh, anyway, I want to hear what you thought of it too. Okay, well then I'll tell you what I thought of it. Boring, 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 bullshit, bullshit. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ! I like when I, I did I did read this and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, this is something that um, artsy fartsy shit that uh, no one would ever <laughs> think of unless you read that they did this. That um, the when they would do those tracking shots from the dining room to the kitchen to the bathroom or whatever it was supposed to represent the digestive tract or the digestive tract of a human being Um, so whatever Um, food comes from the kitchen, goes in your gut and then you go shit it out there you go. I don't know why that is important, and I, but I mean they did that for a reason. So I guess yeah. you know I don't know who cares. Uh, <laughs> shit, penis pissed on in the first like couple of minutes. Someone got sh- the the guy got completely stripped completely naked. Yep, yep. Had shit rubbed all over him. Yep, had yep, shit yep. put in his mouth. You see his wang, and he gets pissed on. So that sets the tone. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> um, and then t- um, uh, I think that uh, Spica actually has dog shit all over his hand, and he slaps Tim Roth in the face. Yeah, he rubs the, he rubs like that a, shit right on the Tim Roth's face. Not a hard slap, but you know, just a mushes he, it in. He would always call it. He'd be like when Spica would um, be like bullying someone he would start that shit about like uh, you're a naughty boy naughty naughty boy go stand in the corner naughty boy and that was kind of weird like maybe he was <laughs> kind of a weirdo uh, there was a scene where the cook uh, was plucking a duck and it's uh, kind of the, 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 the tenuous link between these two movies could have been feathers because there was a scene in uh, Rape 13th Hour with lots of feathers uh, flying all over the place. Yeah. And when he was plucking that duck, oh, um, it was like the feathers were almost like snowflakes, uh, yeah. creating, creating an atmosphere that represented, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, nee, nee, nee. Annoying kid singing. Yes, he was. Ugh. And he kid kind of had looked like Harpo Marx, but I did not <laughs> like that kid. And if I had to sit in a hot goddamn 
kitchen working uh, all day with that little bastard uh, with his angelic singing. I don't know. Now, um, was it Arthur? Uh, for someone who was, I guess it was maybe they did this for a reason too. You would think that someone he he obviously was he he was almost sort of like Tony Soprano. He had no class. I mean, even though he had money, obviously it came from ill-gotten gains. Uh, he basically was a thug, um, and so you because he was always trying to be. Uh, cultured, even though he was like a, a, a gorilla um, trying to to eat with a you know a salad fork or something like that, mm-hmm. you would think that because he had money that he would have some cool fancy car and he had a dodge dart. It was kind of souped up a little bit, but it was <laughs> it was you know dodge dart was never a cool car i didn 't think yeah um, but that it, it, it would be like uh, if you had Larry the cable guy. Going to a, a fucking uh, you know five star restaurant or something like that. So uh, I'll see. Or like the fucking uh, tea baggers that go around now with all their bumper stickers saying like "Don't tax the rich" and their fucking cars just falling apart. Like a bumper yeah. sticker is the only thing holding the fucking thing on. <laughs> uh, Tim Roth vomiting. Really, that was very gross. Yes. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was just gross. Um, the the. The dogs thing, I don't know if it was uh, uh, sort of a representation of uh, Arthur's little crew of, uh, like they were kind of like wild dogs running around. I don't know. Um, There was one scene where Arthur, uh, I didn't know if the one point where he was going to try and make that little boy fuck Helen Mirren or if he was going to – it was, seemed like there was something going on. Like he was going to try and force him to either have sex with Helen Mirren or to watch or join in. Yeah, that and, was something. Uh, the kid was scared. But the thing – the disturbing part about that, if it could get even more disturbing than that, was when he pulled out in his car, uh, they, he, must, he, it, he ran over one of the dogs. And it was just laying there and, and on its side, and it was just convulsing. And that was really ugh, – I, I didn't uh, even see that. Yes, it was horrible. Well, did he really because do you, it? You, you didn't hear the dog like yelp or anything. They just pulled the car away, and the dog was laying there on its side, and it was maimed. And it was still alive, though, but it was just like – Was uh, it part of the movie, or did they really fuck up? Uh, no, I think it was part, it was part of the movie because they, they uh, zoomed it on it oh, oh, uh, and totally showed it that. laying there. Like like he was just indifferent, you know. Like, yeah. like, it was just brutal. Um, there was a scene where someone, um, like I said, you know, Arthur is this brute, and he is in this beautiful five star restaurant being served this elegant food, and uh, he um, is the kind of guy who just likes to hear himself talk. He oh, thinks God. he's he thinks he's every bit of knowledge that he has is uh like uh you know words from the mouths of an angel or something like Albert or that he thinks he's like he's he's intelligent but he's just spewing these stupid facts and and um there's one scene where a fork is uh he somebody uh uses a fork as a weapon yeah and uh, that oh. was pretty goddamn violent. I mean, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, ugh. But that's the kind of thing where, 
where you could see why people wouldn't do, you know, like, you know, you would think, okay, somebody's being that boorish and that much of a brute that someone would stand up to him, but him having the propensity to do something like that without a thought is probably something that they all knew or had heard of or mm-hmm. seen. So that's why everybody was kind of scared of him and just, he just did whatever he wanted. Um, he did say that he, uh, he was always trying to give his, if he would have just let the cook run the restaurant, the place would have, would have been awesome. But he was always trying to, to help or whatever to say that he was involved. Like, uh, he had his men bring in all these gold, this, this gold, I, I want to say silverware, but that's kind of, it'd be like goldware, I guess, uh, uh, utensils and they were just crappy shit. And, uh, so that was a fuck up. And he did tell the cook, he said, you know, uh, that his men had got all this meat and fish and everything. And the cook told him, he said, you know, I've told you before that I like to, I like to, um, uh, pick. I like to go and shop and pick out all the meat and all the poultry and fish myself because then I know I'm getting good stuff. So he probably bought all that crap yeah. and and then it just sat out there because nobody used it. Uh, but that was just another thing. He was just inept. He, he had no um, abilities at all except to rob and to, to steal and shit right, like right, that right. or to bully people. Um when he was told that, when Arthur was told that uh, 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 Georgie, Georgie, Georgina was, uh, it was funny because he he liked to just to just run his mouth so much, and probably they were all drunk. That she would get up from the table, and it just got increasingly longer and longer and longer. She'd say, "I'm going to the bathroom," and at first it would be five minutes, and then. You know, it just went on and on and on. Well, hell, there was times where she would go and just wouldn't come back for a real long time, and he didn't even notice. Um, but he was a bully, and he would just do shit. Like when she would get up uh, to go to the bathroom, he would spill shit and put salt all over her food and everything. Um, let's see. They had uh, there were two hose downs in this movie. <laughs> One with the guy that got dog shit put all over him, and they had him come in, sit in a chair, and they just hosed him down. At first, and, I thought that uh, that was Michael. When I saw him the first time, and then yeah. I saw Michael, I was like, was that the same dude? And Wasn't it just some guy that worked at the restaurant, maybe? I think, I I think it was just a guy that like owed money to Albert's gang, and he hadn't paid. Yeah. I think he was um, just a guy. And then the cooks help him wash off like yeah. after he wakes up after getting the shit beat out of him. Well, then later on, uh, when they are forced to get in the truck with the rotten meat, they get a hose down, too. Um, <laughs> the the ending, um, it was it was very odd. I, it, Try it the was, cock. Yeah, it was just kind of <laughs> like, who the fuck come up, you know, would come up with something like that? Uh, um but I, I thought the end was fucking brilliant. Yeah, and it was just I I I didn't see it coming. Uh, Arthur did say something that kind of you know foretold, you know that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that might have been her inspiration for doing what she did because he just had blurted out something when he found out that they were doing something. Um, the sex scenes weren't like overly graphic or anything. They were, art, you know, artistically done and yeah. everything. I think. Uh, um, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm ready, ready to rate. Ready to rate. Ready um, just flick. With, with my with my commie leanings, and the way this is done, and the it's just. I mean, I, I, okay. I, without have going to Wikipedia or IMDb or whatever and reading the stuff about, I'm, I'm know, wondering Man Thatcher, blah 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 blah. What, I, what, I'm wondering what I would have if I would have like pulled that from it had I not read it 30 minutes into the movie. Um, right. I wouldn't have at yeah, all. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, I would, would have. just take it at face value. At uh, you know at face value, it's a it's a it's a wonderfully shot movie. It's a well acted movie. It does. It is long, um, and that, I'm not just saying that because I'm the whole thing of me saying two hour movies are too long. It does. It does go on a bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. What is it? It got way? a little repetitive. What, I is, think. what, what did uh, what does Will say? It's flabby in the middle. Uh, <laughs> the Who's that. Will? But with that said, the 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 message. What? Yeah, exactly. What the. <laughs> Um, but the message I thought was really, I mean, there's a lot of really great stuff in this. Um, if not for the fact that it goes on too long, I mean, this movie would be, be up there, uh, really up there high. Um, I give it a, I give it a 8.75. I will say this. I, I, when I read about, the Working Man, Britannia, uh, the Thatcher uh, regime, mm-hmm. and um, the let's see what was the other and uh, the, the 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 liberal left or whatever guy. Okay, when I read that, I had no doubt that they had that in mind when they were making this movie and that this is what it was. Whereas in Rape, the Thirteenth Hour, when I started reading, well. You know, some people say that it was uh, an indictment of the movie industry or something like that. I was like, okay, bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, 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 may, may, you know, I may be completely wrong, but I think that's bullshit. I think it was just an, a sex, uh, misogynistic sex exploitation movie, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they can sit there and you know say that, uh, um, you know, big wet asses for was a representative of the Palestinian and uh, Israeli, you know, whatever. I give this movie, I was kind of like you. I think um, because of the story, um, I do think it was a little long in the tooth. I I did find myself sitting there before, because I think it was like toward the middle of the movie is when I actually went and kind of read a little bit about it just to see, you know, what they were doing and everything, which did uh, make it even even more interesting. Yeah. Um, But I do remember when I was watching it, thinking, "Okay, this is getting a little repetitive." Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 go to the restaurant. The guy sits there and yeah, runs his fucking mouth, and then they sneak away, and blah 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 blah. Um, I give this movie eight point seven five. Double eight point seven five. Yeah. Nice. I think I, I, it was, you know, it was a very, it was a nice, mo- interesting and nice movie to look at. I think, trim, um, I think trim down, this could have been mid nines. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I agree. Cool. Uh, good, good, uh, good pick there. And, uh, interesting, it kind of interesting, the two that work together, um, 
the whole like, depending on how you're seeing you know you know you call you call shenanigans on the first one i still have a feeling that the first one was trying to say something i'm just not sure exactly what but uh to to use such you know brutality and sex in the, in a way that may or you know in the in your case probably not but may may or may not you know imply something far greater is kind of yeah, maybe so. i don't know cool <laughs> Criminal Cox, here you have it. Let's come back and do a little feed sack. We'll be right back. find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com Class to the trash. Sack time. All right. Oh, we'll listen to a little David Byrne for a second while I go find the voicemails. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, our first first feed sack. Hey, miners. This is Wendy Freeman. Wendy! And I'm really looking forward to your review of Rape, 13th Hour. I think this movie, I think my vag might have gone numb somewhere around the 20-minute mark. I think I might actually have to watch Gaspar Noyce and get some semblance of feeling back in my nether regions after this. It may be the only movie that hates women more than Zom does. Uh, so, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about it. Have a good day. <laughs> Southern uh, Championship Wrestling will have booth guests. Wildfire Tommy Rich. Yes. Oh my God! What if we could get Wildfire Tommy Rich? Hey, it's Wildfire Tommy to, Rich to say and something. I just say, Lisa Silva. Oh my God! It would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Wendy, for that. Um, Wendy, 
No, she has a podcast. Am I right? Yeah. What is her name of her podcast? Shit, I don't remember. <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot there. No problem. I can, I, I, <laughs> I, it's about comic books, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, no offense, Wendy. I, I just, no offense, I'm, Wendy. I'm, but I'm so far it. out of comic book uh, circle. I just haven't. I don't listen to podcasts or anything like that. That even like puts that, me even further on the spot because I am. I am reading comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll figure. I'm going to try to figure. Uh, actually, go on Facebook. Try to figure that out before the show. I want to plug her. So, thanks for <laughs> thanks for the feedback. Hope you like the review. And I'm sorry about the numb badge. She's awesome. She's pretty awesome. She's a cool chick, you know. Like you don't it. usually get cool chicks. I know. She's a she's a good broad. She's a good broad. Likes them raping movies. Seven gold, uh, <laughs> Cody. Uh, a few quick thoughts. Um, Cody. I made me want to rewatch. Mm. What is it? Uh, falling down uh, again. It's uh, uh, you. You mentioned the the overacting. In a few parts, but I don't. I forget if you mentioned that it's it's Joel Schumacher. And uh, looking back on Joel Schumacher as like the person who was at the helm of the uh, of Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, maybe a, a, a couple of other things. Even uh, more recently, um, uh, what is it called? Like uh, uh, hostages or something like that. Whatever the, the Cole Kidman, Nicholas Cage. Uh, home invasion thing is he is so see that over the top uh, in so many in so many movies. You know what the Blood Creek, the Fastbender Nazi zombie thing. Yeah, uh, it's uh, kind of weirdly. You can almost uh, it's almost weirdly subdued for uh, for the places it could have gone. Uh, it's still way over the top. He runs into a lot of characters who are just cartoons essentially, uh, just send up send ups or. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how you'd say that, of, uh, of certain ideas or certain, like, uh, means within society or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I saw it when I was probably 15. I'd, I'd really like to watch it again now, see what I think uh, of it as a, as a, a little older person. Um, 17. Hams is uh, a pretty good cheap beer. <laughs> uh, you know, other things to think about. Oh, um, I was reading a couple of days ago about how uh, Jason Statham's movie that I think is called Homeland or Homefront or something like that. Oh my! Uh, it was written uh, by uh, Sylvester Stallone. What? Uh, has just found distribution. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, oh, it also stars James Franco as a meth dealer named Gator. <laughs> Yeah. So I was wondering what uh, what Statham might uh, might think of uh, or might think of what what his experience was like working, you know, on a Stallone script, but without without Stallone directing. What it was like working with, uh, you know, uh, Franco, all that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, uh, great show. You know, so, sometimes every time uh, Stone Cold or Bane or uh, Thor or whoever calls. At the beginning of the, of, the, of the call, I always tell myself, this will be the call. <laughs> I don't take my earbuds out and just put my head in my hands <laughs> at one point or another. But I fail I every time. Um, maybe next time. I'm going to hold it in there. I'm going to grin and bear it and <laughs> see how it goes. Um, I love your show. Talk to you later. Uh, goodbye. I, th- I, think a lot of, I think people might do that like as soon as they hear the 
Michael P.S. Hayes song at the beginning of the show. I'm just going to Wendy Freeman of Double Page Double Spread, page spread. I found can it be reached at www.cslumberparty.libson.com. That's Double Page Spread at www.cslumberparty.libson.com. And you can find that on uh, iTunes because I just did. Now, they, their most recent episode just talks about the history and relevance of Superman. I, may, I need to check right. that out because I was asking a friend of mine today at work. Um, he's very pumped to see the new Superman movie, which I, I have not gone to see. I'm, I'm excited to see it, too, even though I've heard... You know, the of, only reason that I'm pumped to see it is because Michael Shannon is in it and plays Zod. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, Terrence Stamp as Zod was pretty fucking cool, so I'm curious to see what he's going to, what Michael Shannon brings to the table to maybe change it Did up. Did you know Michael Shannon is in Mud? Hey, Michael Shannon's in a lot of things. Did you read, yeah. did you see uh, his, like, uh, the, he that, wants to be in, oh, I'm just, no. uh, his dramatic reading of that sorority email that <laughs> went viral? Oh, look, I'll have to look that up. Look that up. It's really funny. Um, yeah, I need to listen to their Superman Spectacular. Fucking A, another fucking podcast to listen to. I don't have time for this. Well, um, the yeah. thing is this. Okay. Um, now, after her feedback, I definitely I want to listen to a podcast with her in it, but I want to listen to a podcast with her in it that talks about rape <laughs> and sexual exploitation <laughs> <laughs> and misogyny and stuff like that. So, Wendy, if you're listening, if you could put together, throw something together, maybe a little something special, just uh, record maybe a, rape in comics or something. Record a record a series of maybe like five minute podcasts, like maybe ten of them that Zom can just yeah. put on his iPod and listen to over and over again. Specifically, uh, spanking, uh, you know, felching, <laughs> uh, uh, donkey punching. Patent leather boots that you know come up to you know, and then the uh, half bra, dirty Sanchez's, rusty trombones. Yeah, he yeah. likes them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wait, rusty trombone is that a thing? But in a comic book forum, you know, in a comic book, <laughs> like if like Jean Grey and uh, say Wolverine. Power Man Luke Cage were getting it on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Hey. <laughs> Power <laughs> oh, <Our> man, <laughs> Luke Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage could be taken it to Wolverine, and he pulls out and just wipes the shit off his dick right into Wolverine's chest hair. It'd be awesome. Wait, oh, that's fucking. Now you went over the line. That's not a good sex. You have a scumbag, Steve Meatball, fucking. Bring it in again, being a fucking drunken slob, fucking talking shit and going on. I couldn't really understand a word he was saying, because he's fucking, he's just a slob, and can't fucking talk about me. You know, what's the matter? What, you know, Sly takes his time, he makes sure that everyone can understand every single word that Sly said, you know? But, but, fucking scumbag Steve Meatball, he's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think he was trying to go on about how, you know, when we filmed Expendables, you know, the greatest action movie of all time. He fucking broke my back filming one of the scenes. And like I explained the other day, I let him do that. I let him do that to prove how great 
sly is, you know? He broke my back, and the next day I was up and around. It was, you know, I've had paper cuts that were worse than that fucking broken back that Stone Cold gave me. That was the fucking weakest broken back of all time, you know? <laughs> you know, and then fucking, um... Uh, even if it was like a fucking ordinary broken back, me. it wouldn't phase me because my body is so perfect, I fucking recover from it straight away, you know? A lot of people compare my body to fucking the body of Bruce Lee, you know? A lot of people <laughs> said that Bruce Lee had such a fucking perfect body that he took some aspirin and it fucked him up and he died, you know? And I'm kind of like that. You know, I gotta watch what I eat and fucking drink, because if I have anything that froze my body slightly off balance, you know, any unnatural chemicals that enter my body could have a drastic consequence to my health, you know? Unlike certain fucking scumbag Steve people, you know? He fucking, he's there just drinking all the fucking beer in the world. Like it was some fucking juice, you know? Fucking, what the fuck, you know? Who fucking enjoys drinking beer that much? You know, it's gross. Only slobs fucking do that, you know? <laughs> and let me get, you know, get another point across, you know? When was the last time you saw a fucking scumbag Steve Meeple in the movie theater? Yeah, just have a thing. Oh, yeah, Expendables. My fucking movie. The greatest action movie of all time, you know? I... I regretted putting this fucking scumbag in my movie now. You know, he's just fucking like a bad smell. Won't fucking go away, you know? He's just fucking calling up all the time. He's fucking, like, he's just desperate to get in the new Expendables movies and fucking more movies to slide just so he can be in the theater, make more money, make, you know, get more fat, you know? Fuck, fuck you, man. Fuck you. You know, and then... Yeah. You know, back... Yeah, what a fucker. Back when he was doing the wrestling, you know? Sure. My pal, JR, you know, he used to call him fucking meet old SOB, you know? This SOB, he used to say, was like son of a bitch. But, you know, me, me and JR, we're pals, you know? We're like, oh, who's this fucking, fucking meat boy, this bald meat boy, you know? We gotta make up some fucking name and make it, pretend it's like a cool thing. It's not, you know? So, you know, we came up, you know, stupid old bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's right, fucking Stone Cold. Fucking stupid old bastard. That's SOB. That's what you are. Just fucking drinking your beers, fucking being a slob, and just fucking gross, you know? Just fucking, just fucking leave me alone, you know? I'm tired of dealing with you. I got fucking, I got stuff to do. I got painting to do. I got movies to write. I got fucking <laughs> movies to star. You know? I got exercising to do. You know, I got fucking... A whole ton of shit. More important, you know? Fucking, just fuck off and go hang out with that other meatball fucking, uh, that fat guy. What the fuck is, fucking Seagal. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that guy. Go fuck off with him, you know? <laughs> you, you two deserve each other, you know? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm fucking sly. I'm the fucking best, you know? You just fucking, ah. Oh. Anyway, you know? I don't want to bring the show down. So, you know, everyone out there, you know, in the UK, my fucking 
the greatest action movie of all time. Bullet to the head. It's available on DVD and Blu-ray. You know, you should fucking get a copy. You see me in my underpants. It's fucking great. You love it. It's fucking one of the greatest fucking spectacles. Of, like, Sly in his underpants, you know? You guys will fucking love it. I can't do that. You know, you will go out and buy it. Fucking love it. Now, uh, speaking, you know, when we were speaking about repetitive things (laughs) in the um, one review. Uh, What? What? I don't know. Creep, creep, creep. Uh, So. So, how about those uh, Bruins? Oh, what's the score? I don't know. NHL.com. The score is Chicago Blackhawks 1, Boston Bruins 1. 1? 17 minutes left in the third period. Yeah. Could be another overtime game. I didn't even make it to the end of the first one. I found a. I, I don't have cable. I found a stream online playing it. <laughs> fucking, I, I I made it to the end of the first overtime and had to. I passed out. So fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. The older I get, the harder it is to fucking stay awake. Yeah. Yeah. During anything. But it looks it looks good, man. They're fucking beating each other bad the other night, man. They're some hard hits. It's good. Yeah. It's gonna be a fun series. Sports talk. We're still two good go. teams. Um. So you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, on silvaandgold.com, and on Stitcher. Um, And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold. Zom has put the hammer down. No more more vaginas, everybody. No more titties. Uh, We're going to class up the joint a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, so we're uh, trying not to alienate everybody, so we're gonna. Have to, <laughs> yeah. It just, it's, it, it you know, eh. we want, we're, we're, yeah. So we want the numbers to go up, right? Not just stay or and just <laughs> trickle off down to, uh, you know, down to one hundred and fifty again. But it was uh, nice seeing Jake having a nice, uh, nice uh, renaissance there on uh, podcast without honor humanity yeah check that shit out too he reviews yeah. all those rapey movies Just don't be snarky on there though oh, because God. if you're snarky then people they don't like that <laughs> so snarkiness uh so next week on Wait the show minute, did we lose a, a member uh, what do we have now <clears throat> oh that's right someone someone uh got lost um, I know. I don't know if Gronky came back. He. I don't know if he got back on. He. He. Uh, he did that. Yeah, we were down to two twenty seven. Now we're back up because uh, I had to expel someone for. Uh, <laughs> well, he conduct uh, unbecoming a minor. Gron- Gronky left the group. I uh, left Facebook temporarily. And that's your buddy, motherfucker. You got to whip him into shape. Well, I, I tech. I sent him a th- shit. I sent him a thing on Twitter. I said, "Dude, did you leave Facebook?" And he said, "Yep." And then, like a day later, he wrote me on Facebook. And said, "I couldn't stay away." So you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah. No, I don't want to play Fucker. hardball, but I'll play hardball. So um, next week Hard. on the show, we're going to do a high and low Euro crime double yeah. feature. Yeah. Tenuously linked there. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, What's the tenuous link? High and low. Nothing. That's it. Oh, high and low. That's right. Just the... Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> we're going to do... What? I actually came up with that tenuous link, and then I didn't even remember. Uh, we're going to do um, Seagulls Fly Low. Who the hell directed that? Um, 
It doesn't matter. Seagulls fly low with Will's favorite, Maurizio Merli. Has a whopping 4.1 on uh, IMDb. and awesome. uh, Or also called I Gibiani Volano Basso. And then we're going to do High Crime, Enzo Castellari, and Franco Nero. Yeah. Speaking of which, we need to figure out when to get James and... Uh, and Paul on and do uh, a double with them too. So we're going to try to do that this summer. Um, the, the lads from over the pond have requested. The lads. So having four people on the show, it might only be three hours. It'll be awesome. So seagulls fly low and high crime for next week. Some Euro crime fun, hopefully. Um, so yeah, Zon, do you have anything else, sir? I have nothing, nothing to give, nothing to add. I'm a little bit hungry. I we might have to go for a, a nighttime foray to the taco. I got this. Um, I got this chocolate bar from Aldi. Do you have Aldi where you are? We, yeah, Morgantown. Yeah, I think there's still. Oh, no, yeah, we do. We do. We Aldi, have two of them. Aldi's yeah. pretty cool because you can get some cheap fucking pineapple. And Never stuff been there. in either one of them. You need to go in there because their pineapple and their their fruit is always really cheap. So if you like fruit, but like their pineapple sometimes is on sale for a buck. I like cheap. Yeah, cheap is good, but they have cheap chocolate bars. Oh. And I got this one. It's like white chocolate with cornflakes and coconut in it, and it makes it crunchy. It's really fucking good. And another one that's like coffee cream flavor. They had some kind of a, they have had a, uh, before I went on vacation, a coconut three musketeers bar in the vending machine. But since I have, Ooh. you know, I, 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 uh, I didn't get it cause I was on like a diet. And then when I went on vacation, I've been eating, uh, uh, fast shit food almost every day. <laughs> I was like, tell Jake, I said, let's let's get some more food. I mean, it's vacation. He goes, I want on vacation. I'm like, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, Jake? My wife Jacko has, my wife has officially posted wet t-shirt contest photo on Facebook profile. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, until next week, this is Loaf. Oot. A zombie. Um, a... Fart noise. Fart noise. <laughs>